folks, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. And a lot of the time, uh, it's important to um, expand on the divine feminine and masculine within all of us. And uh, I got a chance today to speak to somebody who comes from a lineage, family lineage of uh, deep spirit and um, uh, cultural cultural tradition, what is left of it through diaspora. And uh, I felt this about her for a long time, so I thought it would be appropriate to have her come on the program. Char Carruthers, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. It's a blessing. Um, can you talk about the roots of your family and how they came to the West? Oh, my goodness. Um <laughs> Well, I can, t- I can kind of tell you what I know. Uh, you know, I, as far back as I can kind of remember as to, to my grandmother, I don't really know. Um, I don't have a good sense of, you know, much further back than that. But as any, you know, African-American um, can attest that, um, yeah, there's definitely going to be roots, you know, in various continents around, around the world. Um, what did your, yeah. what would, t- I mean, what, tell, tell me a story that your grandmother told you. Ooh, oh my goodness. Wow. I, you know, my grandmother, uh, my grandmother came out of Oklahoma and wow. she kind of came up through, um, what is now kind of known as the, there was a migration, you know, there was a black migration that happened from the South to the North and then also from um, the south to towards the west. And so my grandmother was part of that and my father as well. Uh, and so she spent, you know, a good amount of her time um, in the south, you know, growing up and bringing up children um, in the Jim Crow South. And, you know, s- struggling as most um, African-Americans would have at that time with that kind of um, experience of, of, I guess, sort of trying to, to better understand, you know, who they are and, and what that means, what it means to be a black American, hmm. what that means that you might have access to. Um, yeah, just sort of struggling with that. I think most of the stories that I know of, um, or that I, at least that I have, you know, access to at the moment are from my father, probably more than my, more than my grandmother. I just wonder if there was a definitive, uh, or a story where, your family had to stand their ground in a very apartheid uh, South and were able to create enough separation to at least live and not get killed. Uh, You know, I I don't think, I don't think that, you know, I don't, most of the experiences that my family had, at least as far as I'm aware, weren't as um, dramatic as all of that, Um, which is, you know, which is, is interesting because I don't think that the experience, the day-to-day experience, the day-to-day traumas of, you know, um, of, you know, African-Americans who were kind of coming up through that time, I don't think those things are kind of portrayed as much or as high, or highlighted as much for people. And so we, there's this sense that, you know, um, the Black story is sort of told through these um, you know, these pivotal moments of extreme trauma. But for most people uh, that, I, that I'm aware of, at least for most people every day, you know, there was this experience of, 
of um, of trauma. You know, everything from um, you know, and I know my dad telling me stories about because he grew up primarily in in Oklahoma mm-hmm. and then moved to California. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my dad telling me stories as being a, you know, a, a young, young boy made it fun of a young, young boy who, you know, um, you know, kind of forced to use the colored, you know, um, you know, toilets or the colored, you know, water fountains, that sort of stuff. But then also just the extreme fear of going, you know, um, going out and having no sense of exactly, you know, what the rules were. And um, and how you might possibly break them, and then what that might what that might mean. Very well articulated. I, you know, I think you brought up a, a really good point. Um, and this is regardless, irregardless of skin color. I just did you have you lived in fear in your life, and how how have you broken that fear? Because I I can see, you know, your aura is very strong, and uh, and I know that everybody. <clears throat> that has that kind of aura had to learn to let go of fear on top of being a woman of color, just in general, your own psyche. Can you talk about how you let go of fear? I think for me, um, I, it's interesting. It's a really interesting question. I think for me, it started, it started with having parents who were very strong and um, who, um, you know, brought us up. I have a sister. Um, she's my only sibling and who brought us up in an environment that, um, kind of highlighted the importance of strength. Mm. And for me, you know, I grew up, well, both of us, my sister and I, we, we both grew up in kind of middle-class white areas, which, um, in the, in the, you know, in California, which, um, it, it, you know, it, it, it's interesting that you bring up fear because the kind of experience that I felt or the kind of fear that I would have felt growing up was a, was a slightly different kind of fear. It wasn't necessarily the, the kind that my dad would have felt or my, my parents would have felt at the same age. Sure. There, there was the sense of um, wanting to fit in, not necessarily wanting to stand out and a fear of not fitting in. And, in, and you know, when I look at it now there's a recognition that 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 fear of you know that fear of standing out was more about survival than anything else absolutely um yeah and then i think you know since then um i've lived all over the world and um i've kind of let go of that fear of or, or you know that fear of of not fitting in um in part because you know being somebody who kind of travels and lives all over the place you already stand out um, and also, you know, I, I think, I don't know if it's just because of the choices that I've made in my life or, or what I sometimes find that, um, just, you know, by virtue of just kind of being, by being me, I'm kind of, I kind of stand out anyway. Exactly. And so I've come to embrace that yeah. and I've come to see that as a kind of power that helps to, um, that helps to, you know, soften or dispel any real fears. Can you give an example of how you just can't help but stand out? Oh my gosh. I can get hate. I'm like that. I'm like that too, in some ways, you know? But, oh my goodness. Um, I mean, sure. a place, like, I mean, like a place in the world that 
off the grid, but there you inspired people through your, your vibe. Oh, wow. You know, um, yeah, I mean, I think about, I think about where, who I am and where I am right now. I live in Australia. It's primarily white country. Mm. Um, I remember when I first moved here, uh, years and years ago, I've since I've moved, I moved here and then I left and then I came back. But I remember when I first moved here in the nineties, walking down the street in Melbourne and people staring at me and you could just feel them staring at you. Yeah. Oh, like I could see them. I could see people staring like people couldn't, you know, turn away. And I think at that point it was really about, seeing a person of color, a woman of color walking down the street in a place where that wasn't, people didn't see that so much. I think it probably, I mean, you, you think you were the only person of color. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're very wonderful looking person. So (laughs) (laughs) I think, I mean, like you're, I, I think people would just like stare and be like, that is, and I don't know if they'd be doing, I think they'd, you're right. I know it's a. I know it's a very race. There's, you know, I'm not trying to be naive, but yeah. in your case, it wasn't like you know. I mean, did- I think it's a combination. I think it's what I think it is. I thought at that time, and I and these days it doesn't happen as often, just because Australia is sort of a lot more feels a lot more multicultural sure, sure. and multi ethnic. But but I think it was a combination of not you know of all of it. I think people at that time hadn't really seen or didn't often see somebody like me walking down the street and, you know, you know, with a sense of, um, fearlessness to some degree, totally. you know, with a sense of, um, of agency. And, and so I carry that through, through everything that I do. And, you know, a lot of the work that I now do on, you know, online and offline, I often have people, you know, come to me, whether they're people of color or, um, or just other, you know, other people who are kind of aspiring to engage in some of the sorts of things that I engage in in life. I do often have people come and say that, you know, talk to me about, um, you know, really being inspired by my way of being in the world. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so, Give me a good a, a good example of when you put you know basically were like I'm not gonna try to fit in I'm gonna be myself. I mean obviously you know you you, <clears throat> you grow up you know I have two daughters of my own seventeen and eleven so I mean you know like it's a long journey and I just wonder about when you because that's 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 a risk that you have to take. I mean you're, if you go out on your own you you could get abandoned if things you know i mean you do need some luck in there and i you know like i'm curious about an early definitive moment for chirar crothers that that you know where you were like i'm done trying to fit in (laughs) i think that would have started right out of high school um yeah i mean i went to I made a, a decision at the, at the end of high school, as everyone, as it, not everybody, but a lot of folks do, you know, around going to university. I kind of made a a, a, um, a impulsive decision to study engineering, hmm. and so I ended up um, I ended up at UCLA in Los Angeles studying engineering, and um, and when I when I turned up there, I knew that. 
uh, I was going to be one of very few um, women studying engineering, which I was, um, and one of an even smaller group of, of um, you know, ethnic or, you know, um, uh, BIPOC, I guess. We wouldn't use that term at that time, but um, women studying engineering. Right. And so there, so I already had this, this, um, this sense or this experience of standing out. And so at that time, having been kind of cut loose from that experience of high school of wanting to fit in, knowing that I was already, I already had one foot very squarely in the, you know, in the camp of, of just kind of being a bit of an, an oddball, <laughs> I just decided to go, I just decided to go all in. And so <laughs> I, you know, I was experimenting with different, you know, fashion and all sorts of stuff. And I'd walk around, you know, wearing kind of gold lamé dresses and having my hair up in beehives and wearing men's shoes and, you know, all kinds of things. Beautiful. And it's so beautiful. really, really stood out and, and, and loved it, really loved it, really enjoyed that. And sometimes now I think back, <laughs> I think back of those moments um, and how those things, how they kind of played out in the interactions that I had with people at that time. But that was it, that really, that experience um, for me of just saying, you know, to hell with it. I'm just going to explore what it really means to be me fully. Um, that was a really um, definitive moment in my life. And I think that in many ways was was um, the foundation for a lot of the other choices that I've made around, you know, where to live in the world and and what to do in my work and in my personal my personal time too. It's so it's such an honor to talk to you, Chara. I mean, you know, do you feel like? Um, can you talk about your connection to Source? Um, you know, I'm a Taoist, and it's more mm -hmm. of a a way of life it's more of a philosophy it's a very deep and very real thing for me um my true nature came to the forefront and a lot of my habitual nature fell away <laughs> through cultivation but like i've never seen an aura of somebody quite like you and i yeah. want and i wanted you to talk about your connection to the divine because um you are cultivating with ver uh, with a lot of earnest because you your aura is incredibly strong. Wow, well thank you. I I really appreciate it's true. Um, I appreciate you reflecting that to me. You know, I I think when I reflect back, like when I look back over my life, I I think about I think about the um I think I'm a pretty lucky person. And maybe that, you know, sometimes people say, well, it's kind of, you know, it, it's really your perceptions, but I think that I'm a pretty lucky person, um, having come from such a, a strong, um, you know, a strong family and who supported all of the wacky <laughs> ideas and, and, um, and choices that I've made in my life. And I think in many ways that has built my own inner strength. And then I think I've always sort of had this, um, I, I just want—I want to stop you for a second. Like, so you're uh, like, you would say that you get stuff out of your system by be—you know—you express yourself. You, you're not somebody who's keeping stuff inside, because yeah. to me, that's however you um, clear that, you know, unshroud your soul. You know, it speaks to just like 
um, a li- light is what it is. That's what I what I see is light coming from you. Yeah. So like you're you you're not somebody who's who keeps things inside. And I think a lot of people they, there's a lot of dis ease mm. that comes from you know like stifling the ability to just do what you need to do to be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've, I've, and it's interesting because we've, this whole thing has kind of brought us a little bit full circle in my mind, because I think having always been a person who's stood out um, in various, uh, in all the various environments, I think that has, um, that has been a part of the catalyst for me to constantly be, seeking to better understand who I truly am mm-hmm. and constantly be working to, to, um, to develop the courage to be that. And so for me, that's led me on this kind of wild and winding path of, of, you know, of seeking and of experiencing life in all in, in so many different forms and in so many different um, environments and, you know, finding yoga kind of partway through that path has also really um, tuned me in or connected me to um, a different lens, a different way of seeing things, um, a different way of, of experiencing and knowing myself. And so now um, I feel a lot more um, aware in my search. You know, when I was much younger, I was just driven by um driven to something new by this experience of discomfort where I was mm-hmm. you know I left the corporate world because I just couldn't hack it I just I didn't it didn't feel like me mm-hmm. um and you know I um and that same kind of experience of of discomfort um for a long time kind of drove my shifts and choices but now I'm you know having you know been having studied yoga for and and kind of been very deeply involved in the in the work of of um self-inquiry for well i don't know a good dozen years or more um i i can see all of that as an inner wisdom and i can i can observe it in a different way um and because of that i can follow it even more fearlessly or at least try to <laughs> doesn't always I don't always succeed. No, absolutely. But, uh, no, I mean, what, yeah. what's, what's one of these uh, wacky choices that you made that, uh, in yeah. retrospect, maybe it was not. Um, it, it definitely left an imprint on your, on your, on who you are. Oh goodness, I've made heaps of them through the years. Like I would say, I mean, that's pretty point. impressive. I feel like I've played it pretty. I mean, I feel like I haven't done that as, as that much. Right. I think, you know, I, to me, at the time, it felt, um, all of these choices just felt like the only thing that I could do, you know? So to me, it didn't feel so wacky, but like when I put them, you know, when I put these things into, when I talk about them or when I put them into a larger context of Western culture, um, they, they're very, you know, unconventional. So out of school, you know, my degree was five years of engineering school. I got a great job out of school um, with the Los Angeles Department of Transportation, working in their one of their engineering units. And within a year, I quit and left and moved overseas to Australia. Um, and my father, having grown up, you know, Jim Crow South, you know, and, you know, 
really focused hit for him, you know, succeeding was having having children who were who'd gotten through school, who'd gotten a good job, you know, the the usual kind of American dream. Um, so for him to see me go through all of this, get this great job, and then just leave and and not even leave leave and go overseas to you know um, a country like Australia, um, that was just crazy. It was just absolutely crazy. Well, yeah, you needed space after you made a decision like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And then, you know, since then, very similar things, you know, um, leaving Australia to travel to, to, you know, the UK without without any kind of a safety net or a job, Um, moving to New York from from the UK, um, leaving another really good position in in New York because it just didn't feel right. Uh, you know, taking two 18-month-old twins and leaving with nothing, like my husband and I just decided, you know, let's just explore. Let's leave our jobs and let's just go. And going down to South America with those kids and growing, you know, and leaving and, you know, spending a couple of years down there just exploring and, and you know, living life and, you know, inquiring deeper into what it, what it means to be alive and what it, what it feels like. Um, yeah. You, you, uh, can you talk a little bit about how you access, how you learned to, uh, surrender and access the, you know, what I consider the primordial gut or the sea of chi when mm. you <clears throat> getting into that medit meditation, because I feel like you, you like, I, I still am fairly undisciplined as it relates to any kind of conventional uh, meditative practice. But I feel like for you, I give you a lot of credit because um, I feel like you, if you, it came to you, yoga came to you. Basically, it was, <clears throat> it was a very dire thing. You needed it and it changed your life. And so I just feel like, can you talk about how you learned to access the Sea of Chi? Sure. I think, you know, as I think about it, it's been a process. I think what's, what's, um, the thread that's run through all of it is a desire to, or I should say is a, is a a curiosity. Mm -hmm. And over the years, you know, similar to just about anybody that I know of that's, you know, seeking to create a meditation practice or some kind of a practice or a routine that can stabilize them. Um, I've certainly had a rocky road with, with meditation and, and um, daily practice and all of that. But, <laughs> or I should say, and... No, no, but first um, of all, thank, I, I appreciate your candor. Yeah. Just being a pro, you know, like... Um, anyway, continue. Yeah, sure. But, you know... I think I've gotten to this place where um, and I'm not even sure exactly like when it clicked for me, but I've gotten to this place where I, I have a very clear sense, a very clear um, and even like a somatic so I can feel it in my body. Absolutely. I feel the way that it yeah, works. Absolutely. I feel the way that um, yeah. I feel, you know, what it gives me access to, and I know what it feels like when I don't do it. Um, and I, and so it's like, it's just become in many ways, like a second nature 
to me. Um, and so, you know, for me, that process or that, you know, those practices, those things are still evolving. You know, every day when I, I typically start the morning with a few minutes, maybe about 20, 15 to 20 minutes or so um, of meditation or movement or both. And those are, those are my times when I was, when I had young kids, my kids, are, my kids have moved out now. They're mm. in university themselves now, but mm. when I had, when I had younger, when the kids were younger and the house was chaotic, that was a moment of peace. You know, that was a moment of quiet. And so that it offered me that, you know, in that time. And now that they're gone, um, it's an opportunity for me to be present to the way that I'm transforming as a person, you know, and, and that begins with that, just that listening and maybe noticing like, how do I, how do I feel today versus how I felt yesterday or, you know, how I felt last week and, you know, yoga and, and Ayurveda in particular kind of teach us that these moments of, of silence, whether it's, you know, sitting on the end of your bed and just taking a few breaths or whether it's some kind of yoga practice or meditation practice or whatever, what really is at the heart of that is the opportunity to be present to our transformation because we're constantly changing. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. It's, you know, we're constantly evolving, but we're not always present to that. Um, and the opportunity to be present to that is. That's it. That's it right there. You got it. You got your, you're, you're a good cat. You know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's a gift. It's, it's so beautiful. I mean, um, how do you feel about, um, <clears throat> like where you're at? I, I know that you are a, a big, you give a lot, you give a lot. And, um, and so I, and I'm, I'm a giver too. And, 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 yeah. uh, and, and I, I get, a, so, but you have to be <clears throat> vulnerable to uh, receive love. And I just mm. wanted you to talk about where you're at. I mean, life is up and down, you know, there's many different cycles, but, um, how, how are you, are you, can you, are you vulnerable to receiving love in your life? Yeah. You know, I think like everyone, I definitely am. It's interesting that you touch on this too, because, you know, in the last, oh, maybe eight years or so, you know, like the first part of my, you know, adult life for me was very much about proving myself. Right. It was very much about this sense of, um, independence. I think I grew up, you know, with that kind of an ethic and those sorts of values. And, and, and in some ways it was about, you know, proving to my family, my father, that I could do it. Like I could take care of myself. I didn't need any, you know, I didn't need any help. I could, I could do all of this. And I would say in the last kind of eight to 10 years or so, um, I've been, I've come to this real understanding of the value of, um, of connection and the importance of, as you said, the importance of receiving, like truly receiving love mm -hmm. and, and what that takes, what that takes. Like, you know, all these things are really easy to kind of talk about, like throwing out words and things, but, but. Right. Having it manifest in the real time is a very different thing. Totally. It, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it can be a day to day struggle. And, you know, I've been married for about 27 years and, you know, every day there's this, 
you know, there's this, um, this understanding of, of that relationship between um, independence and independence. And there's, you know, there's this, in some, it's, I'd say in my good days, there's this opportunity to, um, to kind of let go of my, of my guard and to be, and to allow myself to really be seen and to have the generosity to share myself fully with others so that I can fully receive them too. And so I've built, you know, a, a community of people and friends who I'm allowing to support me, you know, to be there for me. Absolutely. Um, and, and it hasn't, it really hasn't been easy, but it's been incredibly, incredibly rewarding. And especially as I get older too, you know, I realize, you know, all of the trappings of, of, um, you know, young adulthood and, and the desire to kind of, you know, achieve some level of success and whatever that means. Um, at some point in our lives, if we're lucky enough, we recognize that, that, the real value in living is the, in the relationships that we are able to cultivate. Hmm. And, and that is most definitely, um, that hinges on our, our willingness to be vulnerable, our willingness to be seen. And so I'm working on that. Hmm. I'm, I'm working on that, but I'm thinking a lot about that these days because with every major shift that happens in life, you know, for me now it's this empty nest kind of thing with every major shift, there's, um, there needs to be a shift in my understanding of who I am and what it takes to be vulnerable, you know, what that looks like, and then a feeling into that. And so I'm doing that now. Um, you feel that, like, in your, in your marriage, that both of you um, don't resent what you don't bring to the table, or um, I should say, you embrace what the person brings to the table, but you don't resent what they don't bring to the table. So there's no like animosity in that sense. I feel like that's a key to a relationship. It's just sort of, I only say that from my, my, my parents were a lot like that where, um, they were both very competent people, but it's just a lot of resentment. And I just wonder if that is, is something that, um, that you, you guys have, have been able to, um, you know, work through, for, you know, three decades. Yeah, you know, I think there's some part of me that thinks that resentment is always going to be a small part of every um, sure. relationship. Yeah. And, you know, you know, in my study, in my study of Ayurveda and teaching it and all the rest of it, of this, this ancient wisdom, I've come to recognize that the, that the heart of that resentment is this, is this desire in all of us to want... Um, to want everything to be different to what it is, you know, we want, I, you know, we want to, we want to be different to who we are. You know, if you're, if your hair is straight, you want it to be curly. If it's, you know, you see something over there, you want, you want to be like that, you know, we want, and we want the world around us to be different to what it is as well. You know, if it's, mm. if it's raining outside, you want it to be sunny, or if it's, you know, if there's, if there's tension in the space, you want that, that to be, um, to be alleviated in some way. And, that is an often often that's the 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 way to position ourselves with other, with other people too you know we want them to be different we want them to be us or we want them to be you know um more this or more that and i think my or less this or less that um and i think that my my practice over the years 
has supported me in supported my ability to let go of that um, that desire to have my partner fit some some um, I wouldn't even say ideal to be honest because I don't know I don't really you know I would have to say that um, even though it's harder some days than others mm. I have to say he probably is ideal um, but we have our in our minds what ideal you know, is or what it looks like or what it, you know, or what it does in the moment. Um, and, you know, and sometimes the, the person that we're with doesn't necessarily fit that, but, um, but they are who they are, you know, and, and, and they have these amazing, and he, he does these amazing gifts. And the more I found, the more that I'm willing to um, let, just really just let him be who he is. Um, <laughs> I did. No, then, I, this is beautiful. Yeah. You know, the more that I'm willing to do that and I'm, and I'm, you know, it, it's not, it, it's, it, it, there's, it's a struggle some days. Sure. But the more that I'm willing to do that, the happier I am, the happier he is, um, and the happier we are. Um, one final question for you is, uh, sure. is like, uh, you know, how have you learned to embrace the divine masculine and the divine feminine within you? Oh, that's such a great question. That really is, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm still very much in that swirl. Um, I think, you know, as I mentioned to you before the, you know, my, my young adult life kind of probably all the way up through my uh, late forties um, was very much about wanting to, um, you know, be independent, take care of myself, you know, um, you know, figure things out. Um, there was a very masculine, um, energy to all of that, sure. you know, run a business, right. all the rest of it. And I remember when I was living in Byron Bay, which was, um, we only moved from there about a year ago, but I remember probably about, five or so years ago, feeling this, that same kind of familiar sense of discomfort with life and, you know, going to, uh, to speak to a woman, Byron, I don't know if you know much about Australia, but Byron Bay is sort of full of um, energy healers and, you know, and people who, sure. you know, tarot readers and all sorts of interesting and wonderful folks. And I remember going to a woman um, and to ask her some of these deeper questions about, you know, what, where I should, where I should turn my focus. And I remember she said, um, you need to embrace the feminine. You need to embrace your feminine side. You need to, exactly. um, engage in an in, in inquiry around that. And, <laughs> and I remember thinking, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, what, what does that mean? I'm supposed to do, um, but since then, she didn't say she didn't say of, anything else. That was it. No, she didn't say anything else. <laughs> it was just that. And so, you know, for me, you know, for what I what I know now, what I see now is that that was an invitation to soften my my need to know. That was an invitation to um, to embrace the unknown to embrace this sense of uncertainty, to, to be willing to explore it. Um, what year did that happen? Oh, man. That was, uh, when was that? 
you went you went into you get into the flow state and just sit in the mess, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Instead of you know having to have a plan, having to have a direction, having to have a list of things to do, in any of that, it was really and and even you know having to being in the middle of you know trying to work out this whole entrepreneur thing, um, really just tr- just tuning in to my own inner wisdom. That probably when it would have been around twenty, maybe twenty sixteen. Or something like that. Yes. Um, yes. But since then, I've really and it took a, it took a good year or two after that. Um, I've really dived into this inquiry around the feminine and around um, you know noticing how noticing the balance between masculine and feminine within me, and letting go of some of the masculine dominance um, that our society you know. Proliferates um, that our society, um, uh, you know, celebrates, um, and that is really hard. <laughs> it's really hard because so much of who we are is really tied up in, you know, in adhering to all of that, and in trying to, um, you know, trying to keep up in some ways. But you were, I mean, you were. I mean, you were heavily influenced by your father. So sure. I mean, a lot of those masculine sort of uh characteristics uh just sort of innately rubbed off on you but um what about your mother oh i you know it's interesting because all i'm saying is this that you know what it is i just feel now that because i see you and i i'm like i want you I, i just will continue to urge you to move into the the this divine state of of feminine because like that's that's so where you are where you need to come now you i mean that's yep. you know without knowing you at all yeah. that's and i so that that would be my only sort of and i don't know if you if i i i wonder i you know you you didn't you haven't talked about your mother yeah i you know i think my my mother has been um a quiet and beautiful force in my life I think I'm I'm so much more like my mother, and she's um, she's hmm. a um, she's a seeker too. She's a person who follows her heart, has always followed her heart. She's had moments of being, you know, for the most part, unapologetic about it. But sometimes I think that she's felt like a square peg in a round hole, you know, like. Um, trying to kind of kind of find her way or figure out who she is and so we've had an interesting relationship over the years but we've come to and I think this kind of started when I had children my mother has always always been there for me she's always been the person who I could um talk to and you know share she's she's been right uh you know that person confident yeah absolutely yeah confident a total support and so now we're very much that for each other um wow it's more of a peer thing now which is very cool yeah and you know and i and i hear what you're saying about the feminine and i so agree and i you know and i have to thank you for really seeing i mean you're glowing you're glowing (laughs) i mean jara it's it is a so delightful to have connected with you and i i send you and your family many blessings and i if you ever come to the states at ever you know we should definitely uh, try to try to link up and and 
do you know create more content together because I, at this point in my life the yeah. the only my only purpose in life is to inspire other people and I have to believe that after 40 minutes you're going to bring a better vibe to the world you know so I just want to keep inspiring people wonderful thank you so much Jake thanks for thanks for the work that you're doing in the world you know I'm a huge believer that um that inspiration is a part of the glue that helps that helps to connect us um, and that is, and it really is a part of the, um, the, the catalyst for our evolution. So I appreciate your dedication to that. Thank you. Um, and yeah, and, and thanks for inspiring me today too. Well, that, that was what I was saying is I, I, I that's all I care about is that you had fun. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Wonderful conversation. Right. I appreciate it. All right. Be cool. My friend talk to you soon. Okay. Right. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.